First Chronicles 22, beginning in verse 6, I'm going to begin reading in a new living translation. Uh, as you turn in there, this is uh, King David was getting ready. He was preparing uh, to build the temple. He wasn't building what you're going to read, but just to set it up, um, he, he, you know, God laid it on his heart. He had a desire to build the temple, a temple for God. Before then, it was just the tabernacle where the, the, the Ark of the Covenant would, would be uh, set in, where they would move the tent of meeting, another word. So when the Israelites would move, they would move the tent. But David wanted to build a permanent building, a temple, a house for the Lord, where they would worship and do all the sacrifices. And so we're going to pick up the story where we will see David's heart and his preparation for uh, this massive building project. First Chronicles 22, verse 6 says, Then David sent for his son Solomon and instructed him to build a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel. My son, I wanted to build a temple to honor the name of the Lord, my, my God, David told him. But the Lord said to me, You have killed many men in the battles you have fought. And since you have shed so much blood in my sight, you will not be the one to build a temple to honor my name. But you will have a son who will be a man of peace. I will give him peace with his enemies and all the surrounding lands. His name will be Solomon. And I will give peace and quiet to Israel during his reign. He is the one who will build a temple to honor my name. He will be my son and I will be his father. And I will secure the throne of his kingdom over Israel forever. Now, my son, may the Lord be with you and give you success as you follow his directions in building the temple of the Lord your God. And may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding that you may obey the law of the Lord your God as you rule over Israel. For you will be successful if you carefully obey the decrees and regulations that the Lord gave to Israel through Moses. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or lose heart. Now drop down to verse uh, 16. The second part of verse 16 says, Now begin the work and may the Lord be with you. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to assist Solomon in this project. The Lord your God is with you, he declared. He has given you peace with the surrounding nations. He has handed them over to me and they are now subject to the Lord and his people. Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. Build the sanctuary of the Lord God so that you can bring the ark of the Lord's covenant and the holy vessels of God into the temple built to honor the Lord's name. Let's pray over our time in the word. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Your word is sacred, holy, powerful, awesome, mighty. Lord, we just ask as we uh, continue to get into your word tonight that you would speak to us on a greater level a more intimate level. Lord, I pray not for uh, only in information, but impartation tonight as we get into your word. Lord, I ask that you would help me. Holy Spirit, have your way. Speak through me, Lord God, to your people. Lord, and I pray that as you speak to your people, give them the grace, the strength, and the ability to apply it to their lives. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So obviously everybody can see the progress on the new building here outside, right? On the new children's facility, yes. It's a blessing every day we walk by and we can see the building process continuing to, to go on. And obviously like any building, any building process, and I'm just going to use this building as a focal point tonight, there's many materials that it takes to build this building, right? You know, before it even started, you know, they, they, before they started erecting the building, they had all the big wrought iron, you know, that they used for, you know, the framing and the purlings and whatnot that was laid out across the, the side parking lot right here. Uh, then obviously you have all the, the, you know, the, all the, the, the shell of it, so to speak, with all the, the metal, the sheet metal. And now, you know, they've been hanging the metal studs on the inside. They have all the pipes. You can have the sheetrock, the wiring, so forth and so on, right? Everybody understands you have materials 
that you need to build any building, any, any progress to be made in a building. Well, in this passage of scripture, we see materials that are needed to build the kingdom. Materials needed to build the kingdom of God. And, and, and as you notice, I'm not talking about physical materials because David did list some of the physical materials in this verse, but I jumped right over them because I'm not talking about sheet metal and purlings and sheetrock and any of that stuff tonight. Amen. I'm talking about the things that, that, that David, King David told his son that would be needed. I mean, he gave him all the stuff that he's preparing he had, but he said, listen, in order to build this thing, this is going to be massive. It's going to be a major work of the Lord, something to honor God. You're going to need to do a few things, Solomon. And so this is, this is staying in the vein of our, of our series multiply that Pastor Tasman is speaking on that I spoke about on Sunday. This is staying in the vein as we talk about multiplying and talking about, you know, honoring the Lord and, 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 you know, reproducing ourselves and increasing in faith and in people and in numbers and in souls. Y'all are tracking with me? As we do that, all of that is part of building God's kingdom. Amen. So tonight I want to talk to you about materials needed to build the kingdom. Now listen, I understand. I know that is the Lord that builds it. I understand that. But he uses us, right? First Corinthians 3, 9 says this in the Amplified. For we are fellow workmen, joint promoters, laborers together with and for God. We are co-laborers with Christ, right? So we are working with God to build the kingdom. Amen? He's using us as his laborers. So what are some of the materials that we need to build to continue to build, to multiply in the kingdom of God? Number one is you need wisdom. You need wisdom. Look at verse 12. And may the Lord give you wisdom and understanding that you may obey the law of the Lord your God, as you rule over Israel. You know, when it comes to wisdom, you know, obviously we go to God, but we go to, to, to men of God and women of God, and then we also go to God himself. There's, like, matter of fact, you know, Greg back there, Greg's a builder. You know, he owns a building company. Obviously, you know, I used to paint for a living, but, I, you know, I would see the builders and I would, I would, I would, I would you know, work alongside with the, the carpenters and whatnot. But if I was building a building, you know what, I, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to somebody I'd never built a building before. I'd go to Greg and say, hey, man, how should we do this? What should we do? You know? So we go to men and women of God, but obviously we go directly to God himself. A lot of us know this scripture. I like how this version says it, James 1, 5. It says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God in, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given. God will give you wisdom generously. And when we're talking about building the kingdom of God, how many of y'all know we need wisdom? We don't want to do anything when it comes to the kingdom of God, just flippantly and just, just, just kind of wing it, right? I don't know about y'all. I don't, I don't, I don't want to just wing it. I don't want to just, you know, I, I've tried before. I've, I've told a story before about, you know, just witnessing the people, just telling people. I remember one time I just, I just got back from a concert, uh, uh, conference and they were encouraging us about witnessing and winning souls and all that. And I just felt like that I, I needed to do something that I love to do. I still love witnessing the people. But in a day I was at work, I went to the store and I just kind of winged it. I didn't, I didn't pray. I didn't think. I didn't ask God for, look for an open door. I just went up to the cashier and was like, Hey, do, uh, do, do you know Jesus? And they were like, yeah, and I'm like, okay, cool, you know, and just, and walked off like that, that was so ineffective. That was, there was no wisdom. That was totally flesh and, and they could have been lying about it. And I wouldn't even have discerned it, you know, 
But we need wisdom. It's, it's so awesome to pray. You know, Pastor Todd had taught us this years back about praying through, you know, the sevenfold spirit of God, the spirit of might, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, understanding, counsel, the fear of the Lord. You know, and, and, and I pray that on, on a daily basis. Lord, give me wisdom. May the spirit of wisdom. The Bible also talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We need wisdom in building it, right? You see, Solomon in verse 5, it says that Solomon was young and inexperienced. And David had the wisdom and the skill to make the preparations for the building, for building the temple. David also designed the temple. But later, God provided Solomon with the wisdom he needed to build the temple and to lead well. So we see both here. We see how, you know, he had to get the wisdom that, that his father was imparting to him. But later, David was going to be dead and gone. Solomon had this thing by himself. And then we know that Solomon was considered the wisest man on earth, right? You know, I often ask Pastor Todd how to deal with certain situations, obviously because he has a lot more wisdom than I do. Amen? When I come across a situation, I, you know, I, I, I go to him and I ask him not only ministry but, but life situations. How many of y'all know it pays to have people around you that are wise? And, that you, and listen, let me say this. It takes humility to ask people for their wisdom. Because there's been times where I think I know what to do, and I'm like, man, I'm just going to go for it. Then I'm like, you know, the Holy Spirit begins to tell me, you, you, you better, like the old saying, you better ask somebody. And, and I do, and usually that person is Pastor Todd. You know, and, and, and let, me, let me make sure, hey, am I on the right track here? Should I do this? And sometimes it's yay, sometimes it's like, well, sometimes it's like, no, don't do that. Do this, you know, and I so appreciate that wisdom. You know, I remember hearing a young pastor one time in their church saying that he wanted to do somewhat of a, like a pyramid scheme type thing. And he thought it would be good and, and whatnot. And his dad said, his dad was the pastor and his dad said, do not do that. He's like, oh, come on, dad, ain't nothing wrong with it. We're going to do this, this and that. It's going to be a blessing. So many people are going to benefit. He said, I'm telling you, don't do that. Stay away from that. And he said, well, that thing ended up flopping. The guy that was running it was like a phony. And it would have been caused so much division and major stuff in their church. That's the benefit of wisdom. Amen? We need wisdom as a main material to build the kingdom of God. Number two, the second thing we see here, number two, is that obedience to his word is key to your success. Obedience to his word is key to your success. I love how it says to carefully obey. Verse 13, for you will be successful if you carefully obey the decrees and regulations that the Lord gave to Israel through Moses. We must carefully obey. You know, going back to this building, we can have the best workers working on this building in the whole city. Matter of fact, the whole state. You can grab... All the best workers in the entire country and ship them right here to 2223 Dulles Drive to work on this project. But if they don't follow the blueprint to the T, this building's not going to come out right. Isn't that right? If they don't follow the blueprint, it's not going to, you can be a great worker, you can be enthusiastic, you can have all the right tools, you can get up early, you can show up to the job, you can be willing, you can, you know, do all of that stuff. But if you're not totally carefully obedient, to the blueprint, your building project's not going to come out right. Amen? See, the Bible says that unless the Lord builds the house, they that labor, labor in vain. So we need to allow the Lord, whatever it is, in reaching people, inviting people to, to the Easter service. 
Ask the Lord for wisdom. Ask to show him and, and, and get, a, get in the word. Get a word from the Lord. And whatever it might be in building, you know, uh, maybe be a ministry and, or uh, something that you want to do, a desire, a ministry here that you want to serve in, something that you want to do that's going to further the kingdom of God. Make sure, you know, it's, it's, it, it lines up with the blueprint for life. Because there's a lot of times that people say that they're doing stuff for the Lord or the Lord told me and the Lord said this and the Lord. And it's not it's not biblical. The Lord. Let me say this. The Lord will never tell you to do something contrary to his word. I know you've heard that before, but I, I feel like I need to continue to say, you, you know, if and, you know, it's whenever we were in those meetings with Pastor Todd and the builder and the, the architect. Matter of fact, as we were talking and, and, and he said, hey, listen, if you all ever want to change anything. Don't just go up to one of the workers or go up to even the superintendent and say, hey, I want to do that. He says, hey, you know, call me first. You know what? The workers are never going to do anything contrary than what the, 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 the builder tells them to do. Amen? Even if Pastor Todd or one of us comes on, they've been instructed and said, no, we have to go check, you know, uh, with Mr. Binks first before we need to. Hey, before you do anything, go check with the master builder. Amen? Let's be carefully. The obedience to his word is key to your success in whatever it may be. Amen. Our little kids, as young as Miss Sarah, I don't know if Miss Sarah's in here, but here at our school, you know, that's something that they teach the children at a very, very young age. I did chapel, I think, last week. And every kid in the school, when I say obedience brings what? Blessings. All the kids say it. Obedience brings what? Blessings. One of the first things they learn when they come to school here is obedience. Obedience brings blessings. Amen? The third material, which some of these are have a couple in one point, but the third one is this one where it says we, that we must be strong and full of courage. Be strong and full of courage. I, I wouldn't want no weaklings working on a big, massive project like that. Amen? I would want some strong men working there, Right? You know, you, you don't want guys that can't, you know, you watch these guys and they, they putting up stuff. You got to be strong and full of courage. And once again, I watched these guys when they were framing this thing up and you got this, you've seen how high this building is, right? And they got guys, you know, straddling the top of these purlings. And I know they got safety harnesses on, man, but they full of courage. I ain't going to have that much courage, right? I used to work in construction and we had to get on scaffolds and, and, um, you know, extension lines. I remember even my boss told me one time, he put a bit in to paint the roof of the uh, Cajun dome. And he said, man, if, if we do it, you're going to get the job. You, you, you're going to be, you, y'all willing to do it? Y'all, y'all, y'all be down. We'd have all the safety. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Sure. <laughs> but it's like, man, I was like, yeah, that's not that high. And you know, you start getting by, you get inside the Cajun dome. Like, if the inside of this thing looks high, how much higher would the outside be? So thankfully my courage wasn't tested on that job. But look at verse 13 at B. For you will be successful uh, in, in, oh, the second part. Be strong and courageous and do not be afraid or lose heart. A lot of us familiar, one of the great, you know, words of encouragement about this is found in Joshua chapter 1. God told Joshua the exact same thing. Joshua had a divine destiny that was going to further the kingdom of God, further the nation of Israel by taking the promised land. When Moses was 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 dying off, he handed it over to Joshua. Now Joshua, God tells him, you're the man. You're going to go into the land and, and you're going to take the land. You're going to have to fight. There's going to be enemies, but I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you the victory, but you still got to build the thing. Amen? 
In other words, I mean, he had to fight. It was a battle, but he had to build. And look what he tells Joshua. Joshua chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, says, Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to your ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. I love that, how he increases it the second time. Be strong and courageous, then be strong and very courageous. Or like some of your kids, little kids might say, be very courageous. Very, very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Again, obedience to the instructions. Do not deviate from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. That just backs up the point I just went to. If we're obedient to exact instructions to the word, we'll be successful. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He told Joshua three times to be strong and courageous. That goes back to Sunday. I was talking about taking a risk. You know, how many of y'all know Joshua had to take a major risk? He was going into the land full of a bunch of enemies, not even knowing what was going to be in there. I mean, the Lord told him, but they didn't know, you know, what kind of, you know, cities and people that we're going to have to come across. That's why he encouraged him. Listen, if there was nothing to be afraid of, he wouldn't have said be, be a full of courage. Amen. They had to be, like you say in the Cajun vernaculars, there were some tatas out there, right? So he said, be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Ephesians 6.10 says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Where do we get strength? Philippians 4.13 tells us, we can do all things through Christ. It's through the Lord Jesus. The strength you need to build the kingdom comes from the Lord Jesus himself. Then once we get the strength, through this strength is where you get courage. I remember watching something about the Navy SEALs a, a while back. And I remember, and I looked up this quote today, and it was actually Mark Twain that quoted it. That said, courage is not the absence of fear, it's acting in spite of it. I like that. And the Navy SEALs use that as one of their mottos. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's moving in spite of. Now, I understand, and I know I've preached again, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear. I understand that we shouldn't be paralyzed with fear. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the emotion of fear is going to come up, right? There's a difference, I believe, between you know, the emotion of fear and a spirit of fear. Spirit of fear will have you bound to where you don't want to do anything. You don't, you might get emotional. You might get scared. You might be fearful of something. But you know what? That's one of the ways you overcome is that you move in spite of that. You might be scared to tell somebody about Jesus. You might be scared to invite somebody to Easter because of rejection like we talked about on Sunday. But you move past that. Then you invite them and they're like, sure, I'll come to church with you. And you're like, oh, really? Cool. There's nothing to be scared of, you know. What is it, JFK? There's nothing to fear except fear itself. Someone else said, courage is not the absence of fear, but the mastery of it. I like that. That's even better. Courage is not the absence of fear, but it's mastering fear. It's, oh, in other words, it's overcoming fear. And that's what the Lord is saying. You must overcome fear. Be strong. The stronger you get in the Lord, the, the more you're going to be able to overcome fear. The more you're going to be able to over, that's why it says be strong and full of courage. The strength, the more you get strong, the more you grow in your faith, the more you get strengthened, the more courage you're going to have. Amen. You know, that's why, you know, when people get drunk and they start fighting and they're like 10 feet tall and bulletproof, you know, like they have false courage. Brother Francis says that all the time. Oh yeah, he's full of false courage. That's false courage, right? 
But the courage that the Lord gives us from his strength is not false. It's the courage we need to continue to build the kingdom. Amen? It's the courage we need to step out in faith and do something and invite people to love on people, to serve people, to witness to people, you know, to serve in the church. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Amen? Number four, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. This is where some people lose it. Verse 13, the last part of 13 says, do not be, he says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or lose heart. What does it mean to lose heart? It means to be very discouraged to the point of wanting to quit. Things are not turning out the way you want them to. People are not receiving the message the way you want them to. People are not receiving your love the way you want them to. You're like, man, I'm trying to love on them. I'm trying to serve them. I'm buying them things. I'm doing things for them. I'm helping them around. And they, they just, they're not receiving. I've been praying for them for years. Don't lose heart. Listen, going back to this building, this, this building project is going to take about a year to complete. We started back in September, should be done in September. Something, a, a project this massive doesn't happen overnight. Remember, we're building the kingdom of God, y'all. It doesn't happen overnight. Things don't happen overnight. We have an enemy that hates what we're trying to do. We have an enemy that hates what I'm talking about tonight. We have an enemy that hates the Lord, that hates the word of God, that hates his children. It's not going to happen overnight. There's going to be some obstacles. There's going to be some roadblocks. There's going to be some straight out war. Amen. Don't get discouraged or lose heart. If there are people you've been praying for to get saved, people you've been inviting to church, uh, people you're trying to maybe disciple and help and mature in the Lord, and it hasn't happened yet, don't be discouraged. Some things take time. Don't lose heart. Stay after it. Stay faithful. Amen? Keep going. That's part of building. Building, it always... Once again, I was in construction for years. I remember the first time I asked my boss, I was starting to do side jobs, and I asked him, I said, man, how, how should I bid this job? How, what, what should I do to build this, bid this job? And I'll never forget, the first thing he told me was, well, figure out how long you think it's going to take you, and then add about four hours to that, because it's always going to take you longer than you think, Right? That's just a principle in building. We know that it always, look, Greg's shaking his head, right, brother? It always, he does this for a living. It always takes longer than we think. So listen, don't be discouraged. That's the thing. Once again, we live in such a microwave society and we want things now. We want things instant. Come on. Is it just me? All right. You find yourself get aggravated when the Wi-Fi is not fast enough. Come on. Thank y'all. Two people are like me. Everybody else is holy in here and full of patience. No, but I know that's, that, that's bad. And when you stop and think like, Brandon, this is ridiculous. Like you have internet, you have the whole world and all the information at your fingertips and you're getting aggravated because it's not going fast enough, you know? But that's the kind of life we live, that everything's fast food, instant coffee, instant grits, instant, you know, TV, internet, the whole nine yards, right? But listen, it's not that way in the kingdom of God. That's why in the Bible, it's about reaping. It's about sowing. It's about when I first started preaching, I talked to Brother Francis Bork a lot, and he still helps me. He's like, man, if, if people would learn, you know, the, the principle of, of, of agriculture, they would understand the kingdom of God better. It takes time. It takes time to plant stuff, to grow stuff, for stuff to, to, you know, to ripen, right? 
So don't lose heart. Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If what? If what? Don't give up, church. Amen. When you're building, don't give up. Don't give up. Amen. I remember going to Mexico and you would see these houses that were like, you know, half finished. And they said it's probably because they, they ran out of money. But you don't want to get halfway through a building project, especially when you're trying to build a life. When you're trying to build up someone's faith, when you're trying to build a case for Christ, so to speak, right? You don't want to stop halfway. Listen, don't give up. Like we often say, most of the time we give up right before the breakthrough happens, right? We give up right. I mean, we're just about to get there. We're just about to finish it and we give up. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. Amen. Number five, begin the work. You have to start somewhere. Amen. Begin the work. I know this probably should have been first, but I'm just going down in order of the scriptures. Verse 16 says this. Verse 16b. Now begin the work and may the Lord be with you. Get started. Don't wait until later. I'm going to do that next week. Pastor, I'm busy this week. There's no time to waste. We might not have next week. Get busy. Start building. That's another thing. I know being in those meetings, we've been talking, we had been talking about, y'all had heard, we were talking about planning the building project and, and getting ready. And we're like, we're about to start building. Okay, we're about to start building. Y'all remember that? And it was like a little later than we thought. Brother Tony, you remember that? You know, we were like, let's go. Be- begin the work. We were telling the contractors, let's go. Right past the time, we were like, let's get it going. You know, begin the work. Now's the time. Don't waste time. Listen, if you keep putting it off, you might never do it. Whatever that is. Oh, I, they probably not going to come to Easter. I'm going to invite them to Wild Game Cookout. Man, invite them to Easter. Okay? And invite, talk, talk to, love on them. Don't waste time. Get to building, whatever that may be. I'm just using a few different things about whatever that is. It might be somebody that, that some, the Lord wants you to mentor or just come alongside and love on them, encourage them, pray for them, offer them prayer. Get busy. Start the building. You know, I go back to, to, to building the kingdom. Y'all probably heard me talking about this, but I'm up here preaching tonight. I'll never forget when Kevin Richard was the, pa- the youth pastor. I had, I mean, just been saved. I was a leader in the youth and he was starting to raise me up to preach. And he said, okay, Brandon, I, I, I want you to pick a date for you to preach. We're going to put it on the calendar. We're going to set that day and we, you're going to preach. I'll be your first night preaching in the youth ministry. I said, okay, sounds good, Kev. We'll do that. Couple of weeks went by, two, three weeks. Hey man, what's, what, what date? You picked a date? I'm like, oh no, I just hadn't got around to it yet. He's like, listen man, pick a date and that night you're gonna preach. Okay, all right, Kevin. Next week, I think we was at his house for leadership meeting. Hey man, what's the date that you're looking at? Man, I still I hadn't really even looked at it yet. He said, Brandon, get out your calendar. He got it out. You're preaching on that night. Guess what? If Kevin wouldn't have done that, I might have still been waiting to preach for the first time, right? Because I wasn't doing it. I wasn't, I wasn't getting to work. I knew God had a call on my life. I knew that it was time that he was starting to raise me up, that that's the direction I was going. But I didn't want to begin. The, I had to begin somewhere, right? I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he pushed me and said, this is the date you're preaching. Amen? So I can begin the work and doing the part of the building that God wants me to do. Amen? Y'all still with me? All right, I'm about to land the plane. Last point. Number six. Listen, and this is important. We're talking about building the kingdom. Not just a regular building. I'm using a building as an analogy. We're building the kingdom. So number six, don't forget, continue to seek the Lord during the building process. Continue to seek the Lord during the building process. Look what it says in verse 19. He charged them. Now seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. 
Seek the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. And he goes on to say, build the sanctuary of the Lord your God so you can bring it in. Listen, we must continue. Sometimes it, it's easy to, to get caught up. And I want to say, I want to go a little further. I just, you know, I would have been a lot of words for one point. But kind of a little sub point is, is seek the Lord for him. During the building process. I'm guilty of this. Going back to early years of ministry. And I still have to fight the trap of doing this. Is when I first got saved. We talk about the honeymoon stage. Everybody. Anybody ever been on a honeymoon stage with the Lord. Where you get saved. And somebody just has to say Jesus. And you start crying. Like oh Jesus. You know. you. I remember being in my apartment man. Listening to worship music. And I'm just like crying. I, I remember just like not knowing why I was crying. Like man I feel like a big sissy. Why am I crying? You know, but I just loved the Lord. I would just get with them to just spend time. When I would pray, it would just be about how much I loved them. And I was just in awe of that he would save me and forgive me. You know, well, whenever I, I started coming into ministry, even youth ministry, leading a life group, starting to preach, you know, I noticed my prayer time started shifting. I was starting to build. I was starting to build the part of the kingdom God wanted me to work on. But my prayer started to shift to, okay, God, it was what, what, I, what I needed God, what I wanted God to do uh, in the building, what I needed from God to help me to build, you know, and that seeking turned into like the building itself and not about the build her, not about the one that enlisted me on the building project. So one that can be, uh, remember that can be something that, that, that messes you up where you can start seeking the Lord for, for what you're doing and what he wants you to do. But also if you just get too busy, you'll forget to even seek him. You're like, all right, it's like, you know, somebody helps you out, gets you going in business. And then it's like, okay, thanks. I don't need you anymore. I'm going to continue this building project, Lord, by myself. I think I got, I got it figured out. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's a temptation. That's how we see many great revivals that have happened even in this country since I've, you know, been saved. I've seen a couple of them. And every story I hear is that God moves in a certain area, in a certain state or a certain country, and there's a revival that breaks out. And then there's somebody that's like, this is, you know, they claim the revival for themselves. Like, I'm heading this up. All kind of division happens. What happens? People stop seeking the Lord. It starts being about me. Look at me. I have the biggest hammer. I put up the biggest, the biggest wall, you know, the biggest project. We've seen it. Don't stop seeking the Lord. We need to pray not only about the building, but to continue to seek him. Matthew 6.33, we know this. I like how the Amplified says, but seek, aim at, and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness. His way of doing, listen, and being, and then all these things taken together will be given you besides. Seek him by his way of doing and being right. We want to make sure that we are, we are being right. We are right before the Lord in our relationship and our posture. Amen. In closing, in the last thing, uh, verse 17 says this. Excuse me. Then David ordered all the leaders of Israel to assist Solomon in the project. Listen, we are here to help you in the building process. I announced it earlier. That's why we have Love, Grow, Reach classes. I want to encourage you. If you've never gone through the Love, Grow, Reach classes, that's why we have that. We teach you the fundamentals about Christianity. We teach you about uh, about the, the Holy Spirit, getting filled with the Spirit, the power of the Spirit. Come on, you need, isn't it better to, to, to build a building with power tubes than with hammer and nails? Amen? Come on, you need the power of the Holy Ghost to build the kingdom of God. Amen? Come on, we, 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 you learn, you, you learn your spiritual gift and how to apply that. Where, I mean, how are you going to build? You, you know, you don't want to be building here if your gift is here, right? 
I was, I, I was a good painter, but I couldn't stand finishing sheetrock. To this day, I don't like finishing sheetrock. When we built my mom's house, I painted everything. I hired somebody to hang and finish the sheetrock because I don't like it. That's not my, that wasn't my forte. I can paint, but I don't, don't you don't want to be hanging sheetrock whenever your gifting's painting, if you know what I mean. In, in the spiritual aspect, you learn what your gifting is and it will help you how to apply that, where, where you can start serving right here in the church and how you could use that outside in the community to continue to build. That's what's important about the Love, Grow, Reach classes. I want to encourage you to get in there. And also life groups. If you're not involved in a life group, you know, when you're in a life group, what you're doing is, is you're getting around someone else that's been building longer than you. Or it maybe can help you. You can just team up with it. Might even not be, but it could just be a different group. You know, they got different groups that do different things. Uh, you know, Amanda with the helping hands, they do different. It might, your thing might be going feed the homeless. Amanda with a uh, uh, with helping hands, they do that. They feed the homeless, they do all this stuff. That might be your thing. You might think, you know, you don't, you don't like doing certain things. You might want to just go help serve at St. Joseph Diner. Some way you get in a life group. You look, go on our, go online, go to the resource center. If you're not in a life group, I would encourage you. I know we desire everybody to get involved in a life group. That will help you. We want to help you. That's the church's way. It's not just like, hey, go build this project and uh, the Lord be with you. Good luck. Let me know how it turns out. No, we're here. That's why we have these classes, these life groups. That's why we do what we do. That's why we have conferences. Is to try to strengthen you and sharpen your skills to help you to be a better builder. Amen? Everybody stand up with me, please. Come on, how many of y'all are ready to start building or continue to build? Amen? All right, one last thing. One last thing. You can't be a part of building the kingdom of God unless you're a citizen in the kingdom of God. You can't be a part of building the kingdom unless you're a citizen of the kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 in the message, it says this, don't you realize that this is not the way to live? Unless, I'm sorry, unjust people who don't care about God will not be joining in his kingdom. Those who use and abuse each other, use and abuse sex, use and abuse the earth and everything in it, don't qualify as citizens of God's kingdom. A number of you know from experience what I'm talking about for not so long ago, you were on that list. Come on, how many of y'all not long ago were on that list? I'm raising my hand. But since then, you've been cleaned up and given a fresh start by Jesus, our master, our Messiah, and by our God in us, the Spirit. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Come on, what list are you on tonight? Are you a citizen in the kingdom of God? Because it says unjust people don't qualify to be citizens in God's kingdom. I want everybody here to be a builder, but before you can be a builder, you must be a citizen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I'm on that list of, of, of users and abusers and, and, and sinning against God. I want to make sure, I want to make sure I'm right and that I'm a citizen, that if this life ends today, that I'll be a citizen in heaven if for eternity, if that's you inside, I want, I want to make sure, I want to be right with God. I want to be a child of God. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand. Say, I'm not right with God. I see your hand over here. See your hands. Anybody else? I see these hands back here. See your hand in the middle. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? I want to get right with God. I want to be a child of God. I want to be on the list. 
the list of the Lamb's book of life. Okay, every every hand that's raised, come on, let's let's pray together. The Bible says that if you if you believe that Jesus died for your sins and you repent of your sins, that He will save you, He will forgive you, you will be born again. All those with your hands raised, come on, let's pray together, church. Won't you repeat after me? Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Lord, I pray that you would cleanse me, wash me clean. Lord, I want to be your child. I thank you, Lord, for dying for me and forgiving me and making me a citizen in the kingdom of God. Now, Lord, give me the strength and give me the grace to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Hey, all of y'all with your hands up, look up here at me. We're going to close in just a few seconds. Before y'all leave, please do me a favor. Come down here. I would like to meet you. I want to get some information from you. I want to give you a gift. Uh, for everybody else, God bless y'all. Let's pray for that. As, as these go, we thank you for these souls that have gotten saved. And like God, I pray you cause them to grow and to, to, to flourish in their faith. That we can all be builders and we can all flourish in the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you. Lord, we love you. Lord, I pray you bless everyone as they go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.